the Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. I'm your host, Rich Vangen, and on my last podcast and blog, there was considered by some to be a lot of negativity, that there was a very heavy message about God and his wrath and getting angry. But as it is a biblical reality that we need to be aware of, We also need to remember that God does provide a way out of those coming storms. You see, the gospel message isn't just that God loves us so much that he sent his son that so whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, but it's also to warn about his wrath against sinners and sin. God's anger and punishment is going to be poured out abundantly on those who reject Christ. But as I've said before, God does provide an escape. He in his infinite providence knew what we needed and that we needed a lot of help. So much so that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the penalty for our sins. They say that the first step in fixing a problem is to recognize that you have a problem. And we all have a problem. We are sinners. And we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. Thus, we cannot fix anything on our own. And if this problem isn't addressed and cleared up, the consequences are eternal. You see, the wrath of God is going to hit sinners hard and for an eternity. We need to recognize that our problem is a problem before God. But through His love, He provided the way to restore us to a right relationship with him. Thus, understanding all of this is paramount to our daily walk of faith. And it's something we need to keep reminding ourselves of every day. So let's take a look here by using God's word. The first thing we need to understand is the character and attributes of God. God is holy. He's righteous. He's just. He's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's immutable, he's self-existent, he's eternal, and quite truthfully, he's incomprehensible. He's beyond our understanding, yet he continues to show himself in everything. He is our provider and sustainer. He is our savior and our father. He is. And as such, we need to understand that our position before God needs to be with the utmost respecting, honoring, trusting, and truthfulness before him. Since he spoke all things into existence, he also keeps all things perfectly by his will. If he was to pull his hand away, we could utterly cease to exist. And since he set forth his commandments for us to follow, we are to honor him by striving to keep his commandments and to follow his son, Jesus. But we also know that we can't keep them perfectly. We fall short. We fail. We even rebel against those commandments. In fact, many times we walk in our own ways, just like the world who follows after the greatest rebel that goes against God, Satan. We're constantly enticed by the lusts of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We think that we are in control when we turn our backs on God. Ephesians chapter 2 says, 
But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that at the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, if we know who God is, and his merciful love given that was displayed by the coming of his son Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom to pay our debts to God, why would we ever want to chase after the temporal pleasures of this world that's going to soon perish? Why would we not seek to have that eternal peace with the God of heaven? Well, Jesus explained our easy fall into the snares of this world when he said, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. From the mightiest to the lowliest, we can all easily fall into sin by our selfish hearts. Let's look at Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15. He was anointed king over Israel, and he was given a task by God to strike the Amaleks. And not just to attack, but to completely decimate every living thing, including animals. I know it sounds harsh, but it was a command of God. Yet Saul had his own thinking, and he didn't complete the mission correctly. He not only spared the good sheep and oxen and calves and lambs, but also their king, Agag. In Saul's mind, you see, he figured he would use the good livestock for sacrifices to God. Yet that is not what God had told him to do. Essentially, after being called out by the prophet Samuel, Saul did admit to sinning, even though he did blame it on his people, saying, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So you see, the flesh is weak. We all have many moments where we think we either know better or figure that, well, a little sin isn't going to do any harm, you know, thinking little white lies. Or we mistakenly think that if it makes us happy or feels good, that it has to be okay with God. But that's not true. These are all snares of the enemy of God, the devil. Anything that Satan can do to draw you away from God and spoil your inner joy and peace and ruin your standing and keep you from the real truth, he will do it. And what makes the battle even harder is that the devil really doesn't need to do a whole lot to get us to stumble. We are, after all, natural-born sinners. Sin is a naturally occurring byproduct of the fall from the Garden of Eden. And since sin crept in, that disease has spoiled humanity. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Romans chapter 3 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, that sin is what separates us from God. As I mentioned before, God is holy 
and he cannot have fellowship with unholy, unrighteous people. Sin is an abomination to God, and it has to be punished. His wrath is stored against those who break the laws of God. The only way to remedy this violation against God is an ultimate sacrifice, a payment or atonement for breaking his laws. And this payment has to be perfect, unblemished, untainted, blood, life, something that we can't accomplish. Thankfully, God does love us and he knows our weaknesses. So he provided the ultimate sacrifice for us in his son. Jesus gave up his seat in heaven to come to our rescue and take the full brunt of God's stored up wrath against the sinners. He paid the debts we could never pay. He met the obligations and gave us a way to be restored to God. It says in Ephesians 2 that, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So with faith in Jesus as our Savior, committing our life to him, walking daily by his word, we can have fellowship once again with God. In Romans 5 it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Since this gift of God, since we receive it, we in turn need to repent of our old nature, walk in the light of God's truth through Jesus, and forsake the ways of this world. Which also means we need to stop and think prayerfully, every moment and decision. Are we walking in God's truth? Are we bringing glory to God? Since the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, are we really accomplishing that? James wrote in his letter, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Since we have forsaken our old ways to follow God's ways, have we really, what's the term, come out from among them? You see, King Saul was trying to appease God and his people at the same time. But even the slightest deviation of God's decrees is sin. We have to make choices every day. Sometimes they are decisions that put people off. But we need to understand that compromising God's words in any way is a sin against a holy God. You cannot serve two masters. Yes, we will fall short, often. We're going to commit sins against God. Even though we may be forgiven and in right standing with God through faith in his son Jesus, we still need to draw close to God and know that he'll draw close to us. See, we're, we're to grow in our faith by striving to follow God's ways, not picking and choosing what commandments to follow based on our feelings. Nor are we to allow others to pressure us away from what we know to be his truth. We are to trust in his words, the Bible, completely, not accept some of it and reject the rest, and we're to put away sin completely and walk in the light as he is in the light. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If we are saved, we are under God's grace through faith in his son Jesus. But the Bible asks us this question, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The answer it gives is God forbid. Scripture also declares that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're not to take matters of faith so lightly or casually. This is a battle. Every day. Just believing in Jesus isn't enough. We are to show the fruits of our faith, the marks of true faith, the evidence of true conversion, showing true Christian growth. So our every moment reminder really is this, is that we need to keep diligent in our faith, our growth, and our commitment to study and follow his word in all matters of our day-to-day lives. Compromise is not acceptable. Having a lackadaisical attitude and approach to our faith is a sign that we really don't have a biblical salvation. But if we have been saved and we do sin, We're to confess our sins to God through Christ for forgiveness and cleansing and washing. And we learn from our errors. And we grow in that sanctification to a newness of life. This is our spiritual act of worship. So we glorify God and enjoy him forever. I'll close with this. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11 says that you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The truth of who we are now, okay, this is a reminder that we are not to walk in our former lives while we enjoy the grace and mercy of our new nature as slaves to Christ. We need to remember that who brought us here? Who do we belong to? Never forget that you and I, or anyone who claims the name of Jesus, never forget that we were bought for a price. We're no longer a slave to sin. Just never forget that we are to glorify God in all things. Amen. This has been Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rich Vane, and I thank you so much for your willingness to stop and take time out of your day to listen to my rantings and ravings about what God is impressing on my heart as he's teaching me and growing me and guiding me in the day-to-day battles that we face. So I just pray that uh, the Lord will bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and through his merciful favor, give you peace and a strength to enjoy his word as we continue to grow together in the word of our Lord. Amen. Have a blessed day, brothers and sisters.